the Comic Book Time Machine, episode 160, Walmart's DC Comics 4-pack, featuring Batman number 89, Wonder Woman number 755, Batgirl number 45, and Detective Comics number 1022. Hi there, and welcome back to the Comic Book Time Machine, Time Travelers. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to travel back in time a couple months anyway. Uh, this is one of those episodes where it's going to be featuring some pretty new books. And the reason for that is because, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. And I, I have my theories why these books are so new. But I just wanted to do this quick little prologue here to say that this uh, episode was actually first a YouTube video on our new YouTube channel. It's new. It's got two two episodes on it, including the one that you're about to hear right now. Um, but it does also have some playlists that feature some of the stuff I'm doing with Jamie Hood over at J Hood Creative. And yeah, anyway, these uh, unbagging of the bagged blind bag kind of things that I've been doing, uh, I decided it'd be fun to do that as a as a video so you can actually see it. And so I would say actually go to YouTube and look up comic book time machine and you can actually hear or rather see the beginning of this podcast on YouTube. Now in the video, I actually say, and actually in the audio I'm about to play right now, I actually say that I'm not going to do the typical read and record. Uh, that's not true. I'm actually going to do that because I do think that these issues do have some things to be talked about. Not a lot. I'm not going to go into huge detail, but uh, as I started reading, I realized I actually do want to talk about this. So my plan was just to take the audio from that video and just plop it in here and release it as a as an episode. But instead, I'm going to go ahead and um, do it like a regular unbagging of the blind bag that I love to do so much. And that's actually the plan for all of the unbaggings that I'm going to be doing is to post it on YouTube so you can actually see the comics as I take them out and then to turn around. And so that's that's its own thing, and it stops right there after I'm done opening it, talking about it, saying, ooh, this is interesting, here's why I think this is interesting. Um, that's the end of the video. But then I would expand on that on the podcast, which is to do the normal thing I do. I open it, play a podcast promo, and then I you know, talk about the comics as I read them and, uh, on, on audio in the audio podcast. So you can get both if you want, you can just do the one if you want, do the other if you want. But anyway, that's what ha is happening here for this episode is I'm going to play the audio from the YouTube video. Uh, I would say that if you want to s watch the video and skip ahead to get to the end of this episode to hear me talk about the comics after having read them, I'd say you'd want to scrub ahead to about the 28-minute mark because the audio from that video is about 25 minutes. So, yeah, and we're about three and a half minutes right now as I'm recording. 
So anyway, that's what's going on. I the the whole time travel angle here is interesting because these bags do have very modern comics in them. In fact, they are so modern that they are actually literally just a month or two old. And, you know, I don't read comics that are that new very often unless it's some sort of special event that I'm interested in or a series that I'm following. And there aren't too many that I'm following other than Justice League uh, Dark and... And then, of course, the Walmart 100-page Giants with Swamp Thing. But, you know, we'll talk about that in the the YouTube video that I'm about to play right now. So here we go. All right. So here's the deal. For the Comic Book Time Machine YouTube channel, what I wanted to do was to get some of those blind bags I really like to open. And those blind bags I like to open are not like the, the random ones you get on eBay or something like that, which I might start getting because they're fun, um, but I'm more interested in getting these kind of blind bags. Now, this is not a blind bag per se because you can see what's in there. But I love these. These are a thing from my childhood where I remember getting these and that's how I became a Trekkie. Honestly, my first Star Trek experience came from... Uh, my first positive Star Trek experience came from one of these bags where I got a bag. There's a Star Wars comic on this side, a Star Wars comic on that side. And then on the inside, there was a Star Trek comic. And that was the, my first positive experience with, with Star Trek. And that's really what started kind of my Star Trek fandom. Okay, but these bags, I've done these on my podcast before. And this uh, YouTube channel I'm, I'm kind of wanting to do in conjunction with the podcast where I open it up and see what's inside, and then I read it, and then I report on it. My plan was to do a visual YouTube thing that would be used with my podcast, and that I would open it up, show what's inside, and then um, and then that would end the video. But then if you wanted to see you know, how I like the comics, you could check out the podcast and, and see my report there. But uh, I'm not sure, still not sure how that's going to work. I do know this. This is the one that I planned to start with because this is the one that uh, is from Target. And they were selling out at Target. I think it was $6, but I can't remember. But I'm pretty sure it was $6. They don't sell them anymore. Uh, you can find them on eBay way overpriced. But every once in a while, you'll find someone who's selling it for a reasonable price. Uh, uh, but I, I had this left over from when I was buying them from Target. And this was saved for a rainy day. And I decided this is probably the best way for me to turn around and start the YouTube thing with, with opening these bags. And so this was going to be what I started with. I don't know if this is what I'm going to start with now because of what happened just this week. Just this week, there was a press release from Walmart saying that they were changing their relationship with DC Comics. And what they were going to do is they're going to switch over instead of doing the 100 page giants, which featured reprints of about four different comics in each one. Some of them were not reprints of four full comics. They were reprints of multiple short stories from different issues. And so they had the Our Fighting Forces one and the Beyond the Unknown one that both took kind of a different tack where the Fighting Forces one were just these short military-based stories and the Beyond the Unknown had a couple comics, comic-length stories, but then some other short stories in there. And they were 100-page giants. They were at first exclusive to Walmart and then they turned around and started doing them with the second round, the second wave, where comic shops would get them a couple weeks after Walmart got them. A couple weeks ago, Walmart, uh, or not Walmart, DC announced that they weren't going to be shipping some of those 100-page giants 
to just to comic book shops. And that included uh, Swamp Thing number five, which I already had. And it included uh, the other, you know, like Flash and Titans and all that kind of thing. So that announcement made some people wonder, have they canceled the 100 page giant thing altogether? Which to me with, with this, I'm a completionist. And so when they started the first wave, I bought all of them. Now, having read all of them, I'm trying to figure out how do I get rid of all of them? They were fun, don't get me wrong. But when they started the second wave, I dropped all of them. I didn't buy any of the Superman, any of the Wonder Woman, any of the Batman, any Flash. They added Aquaman in the second wave. Didn't buy any of that, uh, even though Aquaman is my second favorite superhero. And depending on, on when you ask me, sometimes he, he inches toward first favorite superhero, but he's, he's around there second, third, just depends on how I'm feeling. But those would have been a triple dip for me because I'd already bought the single issues and I bought the collected editions of all of these comics that they were going to be reprinting in the Aquaman 100 page giants. Now they did have some new stories in those 100 page giants and they were kind of linked together. At least that's the way it was working for Swamp Thing, of course. So for Swamp Thing, I did continue buying it and I was also buying the one shots and Swamp Thing was reprinting a a miniseries, a six-issue miniseries that was written by um, uh, Len Wein, and it was drawn by, oh, I can't remember his name now, Kelly. I can't remember if that's his first or last name. Just doesn't matter. I don't have notes for this episode, and so I'm just going to keep on going. Um, but that was a six-issue miniseries that they were reprinting in there, along with uh, John Constantine Hellblazer and Zatanna. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to go six issues and maybe it'll stop then. Now they also had original stories or two short original stories in each one. And those were pretty good stuff. And I was enjoying that, but it did uh, with the fifth issue look like maybe they could end it there, but you, you know, they, there could be more with these two ongoing short story uh, series that they were doing. I just figured they were going to go to issue six with it because that's what the miniseries that they were reprinting went to. Well, I might be wrong because there was a press release this week, just on Monday or Tuesday, I think it was, announcing a change in their relationship between DC and, and Walmart. And they said they were switching over to a different format of delivering comic books. Now, it's in the same location, but it's a, this new format. And it's in the format of that thing that I really appreciate, this style right here, where you have the, the blind bag. You, have, you can see what's here, you can see what's here and what's inside. You don't know, this has four comics. I don't know what those middle ones are. Now, when I was looking for these in the store, especially when I was a kid, I would always kind of just peek in there and see like, what can you see? Well, I can see a um, M16 machine gun. It's issue 37 of something. I am assuming that I'm either looking at a Punisher comic or a Nom comic. And so I would do that kind of cheat thing and uh, oh yeah, this one is a, it's from First Comics, but I have no idea what the title is. And yeah, so that's what they're doing. Now they've already been doing this a little bit. In fact, I've done a podcast episode about how um, they're kind of cheating or, or uh, tricking you, the, the buying audience, uh, because they were doing reprints of comic books and calling them a number one. And so they kind of tricked me. I, I had opened some, I bought a pack of, uh, it was only $10 and had multiple packs in there of three and it had Night of the Monster Men, I think that's what the, the title was, number one, which was a Batman crossover series that they did that crossed over three different titles in I think five different issues or six issues. 
and they said it was number one of that series. Well, it actually was a reprint of like Batman number 37 or something like that, which uh, to me, that was kind of a, a trick, kind of a cheat. Um, however, even though it wasn't actually a number one, because I thought this is a jumping on point kind of thing, but no, it's actually, you know, it's a reprint. They give it a new title, give it a number one, but then it's actually from, you know, number, you know, they did it with Wonder Woman 2, where it's like number number one, but it's actually number 21 or something like that. The Night of the Monster Men, as much as I felt like I've been cheated, it actually was pretty good. And I actually ended up buying the collected edition of it because I was I was really intrigued and it actually ended up being a really, really fun read. So it worked. It worked. That whole you know little thing of having these comics in the collectible section of Walmart. I bought it. I read it. It was the only one out of, I think, 10 comics in that package that actually intrigued me enough to follow through. But it did intrigue me enough. And when I did buy the collected edition... I really enjoyed myself. It was a lot of fun. Now, here's what they're doing. This is the new thing. And this is, instead, for this episode, I'm not going to open up this. This is going to be, I don't know, save it for the next one, maybe. I'm opening this one here. This is how they're doing this. They're doing uh, five of them right now. There is one that features, the, the front one is Batman. Obviously, I've got that right here. They've got a Superman one, a Batman one. Uh, Justice League one, a Wonder Woman one, and a, an Aquaman one. So again, they're kind of theming it out. So these are the the, uh, the hot things, you know, you, the live action DC uh, movies. These are going to be their most recognizable characters. I was disappointed there was not a Swamp Thing one. Um, but I was also disappointed to find out that, you know, it's not random in here. Now, I shouldn't say I was disappointed to find that out. It makes sense that it's not random. What I was really disappointed about was to find out that these are all really, really recent comics. And so they're not going to be um, uh, like from, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago even. And so I have this. Here's my problem is that I have a problem. At least I can recognize that I have this problem, but I'm a completionist. And so I'm very, very careful what I let myself get into. You can ask anyone who knows me about my Funko Pop collection, which is I got all of the TV Marvel stuff, Coulson, May, uh, Quake. Um, and then I did get Nick Fury and Agent Carter. Uh, I got Nick Fury because he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so basically I got that ABC, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter. And then I said, no more. I am not going any further. I'm not going to get into Daredevil and all the Netflix stuff. And I'm uh, no more. I'm not going to get into Star Wars because there's just to, in that direction lies madness for me. I did allow myself to get into the, the Muppet side of Funko Pops. So I have the Fraggles and Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. I have not gotten any of the new Dark Crystal stuff from the Netflix series We'll see about that. But I do have Jim Henson holding Kermit, and that's a really fantastic Funko Pop. But I know that if I start getting into anything else, I'm just going to not be able to stop myself. And that's not a good thing for me. And so there's four, yeah, four comics in here, one awesome mini poster, but the awesome mini poster links up with the other four sets. And so this one says, this is pack, includes image one of five. And I, you know, they're using that, um, to draw you in, get you to buy it all. So I just don't know if I'm going to go ahead and buy it all, but I did want to at least open up one package for my thing. Cause it's, it's just, it's what I do. It's what I love to do. And Walmart is, is doing this. Now 
I do know that there are lists out there explaining what's in each side, inside each one of these. And so um, I might take a look at that list. I don't know. My thing is, I'm not all that interested in modern comics. I don't follow anything regularly that's modern, except for Swamp Thing. I mean, I've dropped Aquaman a long time ago. I don't buy the individual issues. I haven't bought any of the collections in a while. So what I like about this kind of thing, though, is that it allows me to get kind of a random sampler of what's going on. And so that's kind of fun. And so you... For me, this becomes a reason to read some modern comics, just see what's going on, see what's happening. So I'm gonna open this up right now for this video, talk a little bit about what's inside. Um, I'm not gonna format this the way I formatted some other, like I explained doing this. If I was opening this one, then the format would be I'd open it, talk about what's inside, you know, just explore a little bit what's inside and then um, shut down the video and then do a follow-up in my podcast after I've read the four different issues. I'm not going to do that uh, for this one, um, unless I really, really find it fantastic. What I'll probably do is, if I do the next set, which I think was the Superman one, I'm not sure, but if, what I probably would do, if, if I get that, if I do that, then I will um, just do a follow-up and say, I really enjoyed this comic or not. Uh, but I am going to read these. I'm just not going to make it a, a double-sized episode for my podcast. Instead, it's just here on YouTube. Uh, it might get repurposed for the audio podcast, but I'm not going to, This is not part one of two. You're not missing out on anything. So I'm opening it up now. And man, when I was a kid, this was the most exciting part. What's inside? What's in the middle there? Uh, so let's start with just how this is formatted. And I got four issues here. <laughs> Maybe I should have looked a little closer to the lists <laughs> because we'll get into it, but there's a double dip already happening here. So this is the Batman picture from the interlocking um, poster that they've got. This is the Batman side. So that is from the poster. Am I going to keep this? Probably not. I'm not a completionist for things that are going to go up on my wall because I just don't have room on my wall right now. The one that we already knew about is Batman number 89. And Batman number 89... Yeah, this is June. It's like 2020. The fine print is so fine and I need glasses and I don't have my glasses. But yeah, so... Well, these ads are, are recognizable from some earlier or recent stuff that I've looked at. But... Um, okay, so Batman number 89, the title page is usually in the back these days. Okay, so this is um, James Tinney and the Fourth, who is writing uh, Justice League Dark, a series that I am following because of, of uh, Swamp Thing. Um, but it's, this is part four of their dark designs. So yeah, just jumping right in the middle of a story right there. Might not be a bad thing, though. I mean, like I like happened with the Night of the Monster, but of course that was the first chapter. But, you know, this might be something that causes me to track down the other issues. Then again, I see that it also features a character I cannot stand, Harley Quinn. And I just do not enjoy reading Harley Quinn comics. In fact, I had my fill from those 100-page giants because the Batman ones had Harley Quinn in it. Moving on, we have uh, Detective Comics, which this is issue number 1022. The last Detective Comic that I bought was issue number 1000. Again, I'm going to turn to the back here. And this is July 2020. And it has an ad for Scoob. 
went to print before they knew that it wasn't going to go to theaters because only in theaters May 15th. Not true. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so looking for the title page on this one. It's at the front. This is part three of a series called Infliction. This is written by Peter J. Tomasi, another writer that I do like. I like him. He's a modern guy. And uh, Okay, so we're getting some middle chapters. And we have Batgirl. There she is. And this one is from May of 2020. So these are really recent. Um, for the title page, don't see it there toward the front. This is uh, Inner Light. Inner Light. I have no idea what's going to be going on in this. It doesn't give a chapter title, so maybe standalone? Probably not. That's another thing why I like reading older comics right now is because I can get the whole set and binge read, basically. But there's also a lot more... Um, one-shot type of stories and I I do like being able to read a beginning middle and end the monster men thing did give me that this is the one that makes me laugh just a little bit Wonder Woman number 755 is also the front comic in the Wonder Woman set that they have so they are actually doing two two of these uh, packages at least have Wonder Woman in it, and it's the same comic. Again, we got the Scoob ad, only in theaters, May 15th. And let's see, did I read the... This is June 2020. So yeah, these are, are pretty recent. Pretty recent. This is the Four Horsemen, oh, the Four Horsewomen, part one. So this is the kind of thing that I want to look for. This is the kind of thing where... I would think that they would be looking to do when they're trying to do this kind of a loss leader, maybe, but also as they're looking at trying to get new readers. That's the one thing that drove me nuts about some of these uh, titles that they were doing for the 100 page giants is that those weren't really the best to bring in new readers. Uh, however, they were tied in on I mean, a lot of the, the titles were titles you would recognize from the screen. Aquaman, Swamp Thing, Titans. Uh, these are all things that were on the screen one way or another. Uh, so Aquaman and Superman and Batman, obviously big screen stuff. But then you had Swamp Thing which uh, and Titans, which are on DC Universe. And then you had The Flash, and uh, which would be the CW side of things. And so it was all things that kind of tied into screen stuff that was going on. But the other thing that drove me nuts about it was that they were really hard to track down and hard to get the full series. So if you just found it and they're right there, you're going to be getting like number four or number five. And so I didn't know if, if, if the plan was to try and get new readers. And I'm not sure with this if the plan is to try and get new readers. But for me, if I'm going to be become a new reader, I want to see something like this, which is the jumping on point for a new storyline, The Four Horsewomen. Now, I may not go out and try and get the next five or six issues of Wonder Woman, but I am more than likely, if I really like this, going to be interested in getting the collected edition, like I did with uh, Night of the Monster Men. So, that is my report on the first of these uh, Walmart things. And I realize right now my YouTube channel, the only theme with two videos is that it has to do with comics that you can only get at Walmart. Although these, you can only get at Walmart 
packaged together like this. Um, you can get those issues anywhere you want as far as if, you could, if your local comic shop has back issues. But um, I promise you, I don't only buy comics at Walmart, and I will be getting into some of these. I have some really neat packaged comics like this, and I'm really excited to open up and see what's inside. Because my whole, my whole goal with opening these things up is to read them and to hopefully find something new that I really, really enjoy. That's my goal with all of these. And that's why when I was looking at this one in Target, I'm like, hmm, Captain America, $1.25 on there on the cover price. Boy, that takes me back to the day. But this is an old comic. This Action Comics one here, Primal Fear, it's got that ape in there, you know. Um, but this will be next, next episode. I almost said next issue. This will be next episode of the Comic Book Time Machine's YouTube channel. Uh, on the podcast, I'm not sure when it's going to show up. It might not be next episode. In fact, I know it's not going to be next episode, but I will be opening this up soon. I'm very excited to, but I really, this was more timely, opening up these uh, these Walmart issues. So that's what I went with. And the funny thing to me is that out of this set that was really packaged as a Batman a Batman-centric set, and it, and it was. You know, you got Detective Comics, you got Batman, you got Batgirl, but the one that I'm most excited about is Wonder Woman. And yet at the same time, <laughs> if I'm going to get all of these sets, this is the one. I'm going to end up with two copies of this. What am I going to do with two copies of the comic book? I don't know. So thanks for watching or listening, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll be doing more of these videos. We'll see. We'll see. Also, hopefully I might have central air by then because right now my house is very warm. And so I don't know how much you can see that I'm kind of sweating, but I promise you it's not because, um, you know, I got winded climbing the stairs or something like that. It's because I'm sitting in a very warm room and I had to turn off the fans because I didn't want to ruin the sound quality. And I'm trying something different with the sound as well. Usually I use a microphone, a studio mic, and this time I'm just seeing what happens if I just use the, the mic on my iPad. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what YouTube people do, you know, because I'm just, I'm new to this thing. And uh, so we're going to see how it sounds. And I just figured, hey, the house is quiet right now. Um, that was part of my Father's Day gift, actually, was that uh, everyone went upstairs uh, earlier than they would normally. And I got the, the main level to myself here. And so I'm about to turn on a movie and do some podcast editing. So Anyway, thanks for watching. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you've tracked down any of these from Walmart and their new, uh, this new initiative. I was really surprised. The press release came out Monday or Tuesday, and then they said it would be hitting stores this week. So I went to my Walmart this weekend, and sure enough, they were all there. And that was pretty quick. Now, this is something they've been working on for, I'm, I'm assuming that this is something that, a deal that they've been trying to figure out for a little while now. And I also wonder how much um, distributing these comics in this format has to do with not being able to distribute comics in the numbers that they expected because of the whole COVID thing and diamond distribution shutting off, uh, their, their, their delivery and then DC, uh, canceling the orders to diamond. And now DC having changed and using two different distributors and for depending on where you are in the United States. And so I do wonder if this is in some ways, um, just trying to figure out a way to get rid of some of these comics that are just in the warehouse that never were able to be delivered. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't know if I'll ever find the answer to that. But that's one thing that I wonder, just because they are so new and they're not 
variant covers. So when they did these at, at, Wal at Walmart with Marvel Comics, you're always getting one comic that has a variant cover. And that's the whole thing is you buy that set, you know you're going to get this, this, it's a collector's edition, it's a collector's item. And with this, it's just kind of random comics. So, but you do know if you go to Walmart and you get this Batman set, you are going to get these three comics. They're going to come with it. So, again, thanks for listening. I hope you had fun watching. I hope you had fun talking about comics for a moment. Let me know if you seek these out. Let me know what you think about this whole thing with Walmart. And <clears throat> also, I just hope that you are enjoying your comics because... If you don't enjoy reading your comics, then you're doing something wrong uh, or somebody else is doing something wrong. But if you don't enjoy it because you don't like them, stop reading them. Find something you do like. There's something out there. So Godspeed, everyone. Thanks again. So usually when I do this, I start with the comic book that I am the least excited about and then move on to the ones that I am more excited about as I sort through what was in the plastic bag. I did the opposite this time. I read Wonder Woman number 755 and I did that because I was the most interested in it. And frankly, I just wanted to wanted to read it. And so I read it first. And you know what? It actually it was it was pretty good. Um there was some problems that I had with it, but the problems were not from the quality of the book itself. The problems were from the fact that this is my first Wonder Woman comic in this continuity that I'm ever going to read. Uh, actually, that's not true because there was the Justice League Dark uh, crossover with Wonder Woman. So I read some of those issues, but uh, this one is coming in not to do a crossover narrative that starts in one issue and goes into the other series and then goes back to the other series and is meant to uh, be contained in that. This is while it's chapter one of the four horsewomen, it is actually, you know, chapter 755 or whatever of the wonder woman series. And Okay, so that means that there are characters that are popping up that I have no idea who they are, and they're talking about them as if I should know who they are, because if I had read the previous few issues, I would know who they are, and I just don't. But for the most part, there's context clues, and I'm able to pick up what's going on, who is this, who's this person, who's that person, and if nothing else, I can figure out the relationships between these people pretty easily. And there's some really interesting concepts that they bring up in this as well, and one of them is this idea that uh, there was a war in the past between the Valkyries and the Amazons, and that is a great idea. And what happens in this issue is you have uh, Diana fighting against uh, the last of the uh, the Valkyries, and it's as they're fighting, you know, it's they're talking about the war and they're talking about the conflict and they're talking about who was right, who was wrong, and then there's this whole element. And it's a thematic element that really works well with Wonder Woman, and that is the the idea of truth and what is truth and, and what do you owe with truth. And and uh, they bring up that the lasso of, of truth causes you, yes, to speak the truth, but really only causes you to speak what you think is the truth. You don't know if you are wrong because of the lasso. You are just going to say what you believe to be true. And it does make me wonder, is there one way around that? Which, you know, could you be hypnotized to believe that something is true that isn't? And and then with the lasso, they would trust that what you said is absolute truth. And, and then you'd be able to get around that or something. And you wouldn't even know that you had done this. But anyway, 
there's some really neat stuff going on in here. Now, there's some stuff with Donna, uh, Wonder, well, I don't know if she's Wonder Girl now, but Donna, she, those those parts didn't really interest me that much. But they also were kind of getting into these ideas of what you know to be true and, you know, turning against uh, turning against Wonder Woman because she fed you some some not lies, but didn't give the whole truth as, as she was dealing with, with these things that she was doing. And, and she's dealing with the, with the consequences of that. And the fight scene is a well-done fight scene because it's not just them fighting back and forth. It's not just about the visuals, but it's about the ideas. And so this is uh, an ideological battle that's going on between Wonder Woman and this, this other person who is the, the, uh, the Valkyrie, the last of the Valkyries. And yeah, so I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. And so what I'm curious about is how much did I enjoy this issue? Did I enjoy this enough to follow the four horsewomen that, you know, that sub series or whatever you want to call it, that arc, that story arc is probably the best way to put it. Did I like it enough to go back and read the things that had gone on in the past with this. And I guess my answer is I'm not going to go and buy these comics. I'm not going to go and seek out wonder woman issue three oh seven hundred and forty eight or whatever it might be. I like this, but not enough to jump in whole hog or whatever the, the phrase is. However, um, am I interested enough to maybe follow through on this story arc of the four horsewomen? Uh, maybe, Maybe, you know, if somehow, you know, if I were to find that this is available in my library or if I was bored and I needed something um, to read on my iPad, that's part of DC Universe, which I'm still subscribing to right now. If this showed up on DC Universe and I knew I could read, uh, you know, go back a few issues and, and then read through the, this story arc, I'd be I'd be tempted to do it. I, I think I'd be OK with that. I'm not going to spend money on it, though, or more money, I should say. Um so while this is not the success of Night of the Monster Men, uh, it's also not the failure of almost everything else that I've pulled out of these blind bags. So, yeah. So that is Wonder Woman issue number 755. Next, it's time to move over to the actual Bat Family issues, because that's the other funny thing about this. This is the one that is actually in the Wonder Woman themed pack. This is the one that was actually in the front of that package. And I believe it's the only double in the entire five packages that they did. I think this is the only double that they put in there. And I do not know why they did that. So um, it kind of devalues in some ways one of these these packages. And maybe I should have waited and and read this if I read with or opened up the, the Wonder Woman pack. But anyway... It's time to move over to the Bat Family because that's actually what the theme of this of this bag, this four pack was. So I'm going to play a promo from another podcast. And when I get back, I will be here to talk about Bat Girl. Warlord Worlds. A fan podcast devoted to the comics of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, Star Slayer, and Shaman's Tears. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. 
please join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell. Special episodes feature interviews with Mike Grell himself. And special segments feature great guests discussing the Legion of Superheroes. Listen at Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit warlordworlds.com. Warlord Worlds is part of the Rad Adventures Network at radadventuresnetwork.com. Let's start with what I didn't like about Batgirl number 45. It wasn't self-contained. It wasn't a single-issue story. And the reason I didn't like that is because I liked what I was reading and I would really like to have gotten an ending to this. But I don't find myself going to find Batgirl number 46. Um, So that's the one thing I didn't like. Let's talk about all the things I did like. This was a really well-written story that told a really interesting Batgirl man style of story and i'll get to why i meant that in a minute but uh cecil castellucci fantastic job by the way carmine de i need my reading glasses gia domenco dia domencho um fantastic artwork uh also jordy belair with the colors and uh just good stuff going on all the way around there's a mystery And what I like is that as I'm coming into the middle of a situation that I don't understand, um, it's okay because guess who else is coming into the middle of a situation that she doesn't understand? Batgirl. And that's setting up a mystery that needs to be solved where things are happening in neighborhoods where people are turning into weird metal things and um, the details aren't what matters. I'm actually more interested in exploring why it works and less about what the details are. You've got Batgirl doing stuff as a superhero, and then she gets a sample and takes it back, and she examines it as a scientist, and then she's going in and investigating, and it's a mystery to be solved, and there's action, and there's uh, drama as the characters are talking to each other, and you know each with their own um, with their own agenda, and this is a well written story, well conceived. Um, The idea of Bruce Wayne is trying to help the people who are in uh, uh, worse situations in in Gotham, Um, but it's not happening at the same rate for everyone. And so you have some other people who are able to kind of swoop in and uh, take advantage of the situation. Uh, You have heroes working at cross purposes because Batwoman shows up in this and there's a brief, brief little fight. It's, it's it's little, um, but they're you know they're both investigating the same issue, the same crime, and uh, yeah, so it's good. It is good, and it was a good read, and it was a fun read. But to be quite honest, um, I just don't have time to really get into uh, this series. There's not enough here to make me say, boy, I, I really am going to jump in on Batgirl and, and, and just go in and, and buy all the back issues and, and buy all the, you know, it, it, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, that's, that's a thumbs up here, right? So uh, now I'm going to play another podcast promo. These are podcasts that I have recently, uh, some of them I should say, are podcasts that I've recently discovered. And... Um, so I'm going to play uh, another one, and again, these are people who don't know that I am 
using their promos, putting their promos out. Um, but the other thing I, I really hope when I put these promos out there is that you're still going to come back to the comic book time machine as I put out promos for podcasts that frankly are better <laughs> than, than mine, than the comic book time machine. So here we go. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. Okay, just finished Batman number 89, and uh, the cover of this has Batman in the background with uh, Batman's rogues gallery in the, the foreground. Penguin, Harley Quinn, Joker, Riddler, and Catwoman. And what I love about this is you got the four, uh, the four who teamed up from the Batman uh, 66 movie. Those will always be my, uh, my go-tos for Batman villains because that's the movie. I saw it at the local hockey arena when i was growing up uh they they had a special showing of it from a projector that they rolled in on a cart and projected it on a on one of those screens that they uh put on a tripod and it, it uh unro- unro- unrolled and <laughs> yeah that's that's how i saw batman 66 for the first time not adam west but that movie uh adam west batman 66 was on tv of course and so i saw it that way but yeah, I these will always be my four uh, villains. Harley Quinn can't stand her, <laughs> but you know she's she's a part of the lore now, so she's there. Uh, the other thing is uh, this cover actually. I don't know if this is a special cover, uh, like a reprint, um, or anything like that. But they're all in this. All four of these characters now. Uh, Riddler, um, his base of operations is in it, and. Uh, they talk about him a lot. So he's not actually in this, but yeah. So here's the thing. I started reading this uh, and I had forgotten if the, where this lands. I don't, I don't even remember if I looked ahead of time. Uh, so much time has passed since I actually looked at this the first time to see where this lands in the story arc that it's a part of. It's actually part four. Part four of their dark designs. Um, and, or at least that's the name of, of the the chapter. I don't know if, if this is. Eh, doesn't matter. DC proudly presents their Dark Designs Part Four. So anyway, uh, as I was reading this though, this one starts out with a fantastic opening. Uh, people are in a hospital. They're working the the emergency room, and then Penguin stumbles in. He's been stabbed, and this these two pages are some of the best superhero comics that I have read in. In ages, uh, honestly, I mean, it's modern, modern superhero comics. 
um, this conversation of these two people. They're talking about Gotham and how Gotham really should have more tech than it has as far as the hospitals should have respirators considering all the things and uh, with Joker. Well, I'll just I'll just read it. Um, we should have respirators already after years of Joker toxins and acid and smoke bombs. And and then <laughs> Penguin stumbles in and says, I need help. I've been stabbed. When my attacker realizes I'm still alive, he's likely to come back and finish the job. And Batman just threw me out of his damn car. Um, and then <laughs> they run to help him. He says, wait, I trust that you know who I am. I'll pay you $100,000 if you keep this – if you call this number and ensure I survive the night. If not, I'll have my men kill your family. And then he asks them to take him into surgery. And what a great opening. Just uh, – it's just fantastic. The next is a fight uh, – the next scene is a fight scene with Batman and a character called Gunsmith, which I've never heard of, who's a red, white, and blue gun-toting um, assassin. And apparently Batman is dealing with a bunch of assassins who have been coming after him and just keeping him um, moving from from one thing to the next. And he doesn't know who hired them. In fact, this is the issue where he finds out who hired them. Now, what I find interesting about this is uh, after this, um, we get a scene with uh, Catwoman and Harley Quinn. And so that's when we start getting into the weeds of this is part four that I didn't realize, but I knew it was probably something like that of a much longer story arc. And this is where it's like, oh, okay, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with their scene. But the setups for almost every scene in this, when you move to a new character or character group, really does let you know what has happened in the past to get them there, except for the Catwoman Harley Quinn thing. So I just I, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a good read, a fun read. It's written by let's go back to the credits there. James Tinian, the fourth, who is um, he he is the writer on Justice League Dark or was the writer on Justice League Dark. So I already knew that I like this guy. Um, he does a great job with his Batman story. It's a decent Batman story in and of itself. There's a Riddler moment where he's um, – I guess Riddler was in this because uh, Riddler was visited by a character that nobody knows um, from our character of good guys uh, who who it was. But Batman watches security footage of when Riddler left and left with this guy in this weird costume. And sees that Riddler left a message behind in the security footage. And it's a riddle, of course. And it it works. And Batman's able to then figure out how to get into uh, the computer and is able to uh, be able to move forward as far as like his own mystery goes. Then Catwoman and Harley Quinn show up at Riddler's place with the people that they were fighting. And so anyway, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this issue. However, again, I'm, I'm not going to continue reading. I'm not I didn't enjoy it enough to say, yeah, I'm going to go and find part one through three and continue reading this this storyline. But for a Batman comic that I just jumped into the middle of this was this was pretty good and it had some really good moments. And while I don't feel like it had a good conclusion because it is not the concluding chapter, I honestly was pleasantly surprised. The other thing I thought about with this issue, and this is something that um, I, I never thought of before, is obviously a lot of superhero stuff is based on lies and based on myth and based on um, you know just creating a a story for themselves. So with Batman, you know, criminals are a cowardly, superstitious lot. That's why he uses the motif of the bat 
he obviously, you know, is not a bat, but he's using this, this dark costume. He's covering his face. And there's that lie of um, just what he is. He's this almost mystical, mythical figure in Gotham. But he has a man in the chair this entire issue. Now it gives him someone to talk to. That's a great thing to use. But, you know, Batman as the loner, Batman as the dark knight who is just on his own, never has been true. And I never thought about how that's just part of the mystique for him. He is this dark knight that stands, uh, you know, between the world and the um, and, and the criminals, you know. Uh, but then he has the Batman family and, uh, you know, a lot of talk has been about like what he does and why he has them, why he needs them. Uh, obviously he needs them for support, but then he also needs them to keep him grounded and that kind of thing. But, um, but then the mystique of who he is as this, uh, lone wolf kind of thing. Um, I just found it interesting that that's a part of the lie for him is that he really is not uh, alone. He can never be alone because he needs people even though he would say he doesn't you know and um and and i don't know maybe this is something that's been talked about a lot with batman people who are deconstructing batman or whatever but i i just found it interesting that you know he always has that man in the chair kind of thing where he makes it easier to write for him but yeah that's just just some thoughts what the guy in the chair why does he always have to have that well he doesn't need that guy in order to be the detective that he is. He doesn't. He needs that guy because he needs people. And that is true of all of us. We all need people. And I'm not going to sing the Barbra Streisand song. Instead, I'm going to play another podcast promo. And while I play that, I'm going to read Batman Detective Comics number 1022. On the cover, it says heads, tails. Either way, the Dark Knight loses. And he is drowning in an ocean of coins. Um, you know, it doesn't work that way, by the way, you know, uh, if, if you really did try to dive into an ocean of coins like this, you would die. Uh, so sorry to break that to you. Spoiler alert for DuckTales. just doesn't work that way. All right. One more comic and then we will be shutting this episode down. Hey, Jared, I have a question. What's up? Well, I've been a part of the Longbox Crusade for about a year and a half now. Yeah? Well, that's not a question, man. I know. I'm getting to it. That was called Build Up. Like I was saying, I've been with the Longbox Crusade, and I have gone out and represented the show faithfully. That's still not a question. I'm still building up. I was wondering, could I be a part of the official promo? There's this great promo for the podcast that airs across podcast land, and it has Pat Sampson, the founder of the show, you, the art cell artist, and your brother Jason, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. But it doesn't have me, Delvin Williams. The Dark Web. Could you ask the guys if they would let me be a part of the promotion since you were the one who invited me onto the show? Well, not to be a Mr. Quick to correct, but that was at least two questions. Still, I guess I'll ask. Let me go talk to the guys and you stay here. Okay, great. Thanks, man.
Hey guys. Hey, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? I have a question. Delvin's been with us for like a year and a half. That's not a question. Uh, yeah, I know. It's called build up. Hey, can we finally include him on the promo? It's the least we can do. He doesn't know that we're getting paid yet. And he never will. I mean, do we need him? After all, we already have the Longbox Crusade. And I provide awesome synopsis and insight on Crusader Chronicles. And I host Saturday Matinee Theater and also provide these nuts jokes. Hey, I do that. Me too. So we're fine as it is. What does Delvin do? We should just let him go. Wait, he hosts Transformers Chronicles. You should know that, Pat. You're on that show. So what do you say? Can we keep him? <sighs> fine. Let's do it. Let's do it live. We could have done this with him in the room. It would have made more sense. Why is he outside? I think we were doing a bit. Okay, let's do this. The Longbox Crusade Podcast Network is the place to be if you like deep dives in the comics of yesteryear with the Longbox Crusade. Chronological reading journals with Crusader Chronicles. Indexing forgotten TV shows, films, and serials with Saturday Matinee Theater. Pitting two randomly selected action films against one another in action film face-off. Cataloging the Marvel run of the Transformers comic with Transformers Chronicles. And whatever else the demented minds of Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin can come up with. If that sounds like it might be for you, be sure to subscribe to The Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all reputable podcast feeds. Or check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com, where we continue our quest to... Okay, let's just cut to the chase. Same thing for this issue as for uh, all of them. <laughs> this is part three of Ugly Heart Infliction. I'm not sure which of those is the title of this series, um, which is the title of the chapter, or I'm assuming it's Ugly Heart with uh, Infliction being the name of this Again, though, this one feels like I'm just stepping right into the middle of a Batman TV episode or not in the middle. I just turned on the Batman TV episode and I didn't watch last night's at the same bat time, same bat channel uh, where they were tied up on a giant record player and they're spinning around heading towards the needle. Uh, I didn't watch that episode and Instead, I just tuned into the next one and just saw them dealing with getting off of that thing. That's exactly what this was. Batman's in a death trap from Two-Faced. He's about to be dropped into a vat of acid, and he actually does end up in the acid, but the acid burns away his bindings, and so he's able to fight his way out, break the vat, and everyone that's there for the Church of the Two that Two-Face is running now uh, their feet are getting <laughs> eaten away by the acid and Two-Face is saving himself, literally climbing on them to get away. It's a great sequence, uh, really well done. A little bit confusing with some of the art as far as like what's going on because there's so much acid splashing, <laughs> splashing around. But Batman saves all the people from the Church of the Two uh, by doing a, a – well, it's actually straight from the Batman movie 89 where he has this little um, – gun thing that shoots a cable both directions and makes a tight cable that everyone can jump on and hold themselves above the, uh, the acid. And then, um, there was one of two faces people who he sent out and said, do, uh, what's the phrase that he used? Just do no good. And so the guy, that guy goes out, he's going to plant a bomb, on a children's hospital, they see this guy and another guy working on this children's hospital. The kids are in the window and they put signs up to say, hi, what are you doing? And one of the guys is like, no, I don't want to do this. And the other guy is like, no, we're doing this. Uh, we were told to do no good. And uh, so then the second guy pushes the first guy off the building. Of course, Batman 
rescues the first guy and stops the second guy. They don't dry. They don't do anything. Uh, the children's hospital is saved. And then there's this nice little panel. Again, I just love this sequence because of what it's doing. First of all, the acid is still on Batman's costume. <laughs> it's like this green slime all over him. But the kids have been watching and they saw this whole thing. He saw them rescue them from these guys who were planting bombs. And now they're putting up pictures and, and things on the window uh, for Batman that say, uh, well, thank you. And then there's a picture of the bat symbol. and There's a picture of Batman with the building. And th I love the sequence. It's so much fun. Th these two sequences are really fun. The next sequence has Batman visiting someone who um, apparently is married to the uh, first guy who didn't want to do anything. Or maybe it was the second guy who did want to. Uh, but... Yeah, it's the it's the guy who wanted to, to do the bombs. Um, he finds out why this guy is doing what he's doing because uh, his he had cancer and when he got out of prison, um, someone gave them money that they were able to buy this uh, luxury condo. And as long as he did whatever they were told to do. And then it turns out that they were told to do this by Joker, who is making a play in the city using Two-Face as his pawn and yeah that's when again it kind of loses me a little bit because we're getting into this broad plan where this is part three of a chapter the next it says next our joker at war i don't know what's gonna happen next because i'm never going to read the next chapter but again this was a really good issue it was written by peter j tomasi brad walker did the pencils and all of these, this is what is amazing to me, is that all of these are like parts of a bigger story, parts of a bigger, broader storyline that's going on in for all of them for and for DC Comics. Not one of these has a really satisfying conclusion. Wonder Woman probably came the closest, but even then, not really. Um I thought that that was the high point and that everything else would be downhill from there. And it turned out that actually all four of these surprised me with how good they were. And honestly, here's the deal. I am following very few modern comics from month to month. Uh, Justice League Dark is the one that I really can say I, I'm, I am following. There's a couple other things that I'm following, but it's not like part of the bigger, broader universes from Marvel or DC. Reading these, though... As bad as I hear sales are for comics, reading these gives me uh, – I don't know what to, how to call it. I, I don't want to say this gives me hope, um, but it is nice to see that even if sales are dropping and even if comic book companies are not bringing in the money that parent companies want them to bring in, there's some good stuff going on here. And as much as I hear people grouse and grouch about new stuff, and I'm I'm one of them sometimes, I, I, I'll, I'll cop to that. I stick with the old stuff because I know I'm going to like it. And, and then I'll buy the new stuff that happens to have Man-Thing, like uh, Avengers Empire, that three-issue miniseries had Man-Thing in it. I'll, I might do a Swamp Things episode about it, but I just don't feel like there's a lot to say about it because Man-Thing is just there to because he's a plant thing and that's the invading force in Empire. Um, yeah, anyway, I follow that. I follow the characters I like. Right now, that's Swamp Thing. That's Man-Thing. Um, it's really nobody else. <laughs> but reading these, hey... They were good. 
I liked these issues. Not enough to change my habits, not enough to open my wallet much wider, but enough that if I were to accidentally stumble upon uh, Detective Comics number 1021 or 1023 or Batman number 90 or Batgirl number 46 or Wonder Woman number 756, I just might go ahead and sit down and read them. So that's an episode and it's taking a little while to get it done. That's just because I have other things going on. You can check out my other podcasts, though, at welcometolevel7.com, at strangersandaliens.com, and at supersonicpodcomics.com. Those are places where you can hear me talk about other geeky stuff, except you won't hear me talk about geeky stuff at Supersonic Pod Comics because that is a story-based comic uh, audio drama series. Superheroes. And I, I actually just... I'm getting into um, what's called House of Heroes, which is a Patreon exclusive audiobook, but we're releasing the prologue in the Supersonic Pod Comics feed because it's setting up some stuff that's going to be happening at the end of Supersonic Pod Comics season one, which uh, I'm just excited to release it though, because the House of Heroes includes um, it's basically me taking the Fantastic Four idea, Family of Heroes. And I've always had this kind of in my head, if I were to rewrite Fantastic Four and repopulate who are these four characters like they did with Ghost Rider, Hulk, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. Basically taking that idea, um, I've had this kind of dream team. Hercules, Machine Man, Man-Thing, and Dazzler. <laughs> and I would that would be my Fantastic Four if they asked me to write Fantastic Four with new characters, but there had to be four of them. That's what I would do. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Well, that's what House of Heroes is. It's Hercules. It's they're different characters and different characterizations, but there's Hercules, there's um a uh female alien uh who has the power to turn one kind of energy into another kind of energy. Um very different than Dazzler, but sort of the same. Uh there's a swamp monster. <laughs> Again, different than man thing, but it's a swamp monster. And then there is a robot. You know, the robot is one that I'm kind of excited about. He's more not, he's less machine man and more, um, Marvin, the Android, but, uh, but a little bit different than, than anything I've, I've seen, or, you know, these are all just me being able to take things I'm excited about and, and tell stories with them, which is really what all of supersonic pod comics is. So anyway, strangers and aliens is my podcast about, um, faith and sci-fi. Uh, Welcome to Level 7 is my podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And finally, like I said, Supersonic Pod Comics. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And this was fun. I love doing these blind bags, and I love finding comics that are actually good. I was ready to complain, and hopefully my uh, the negatives that I had weren't taken as complaining. They're just you know my opinion about these things. But, man, all things considered, I had fun with modern comics. Super surprised about that. And Walmart, DC, nice job with your picks for this packet of comics. Thanks so much for listening. Talk with you later and Godspeed.